So how how would you say your year is going so far? Are you excited? Like you've got you're off to a good start. Would you say is anybody here kind of limping into 2024? You feel like man, I just don't seem to have a lot of oomph, and that's that's normal. Well, I want to I want to set this up by saying how you start your year does have a big impact on how the year goes. I'm not sure how many of you have watched the uh, series on Netflix, Drive to Survive. Anybody seen that? Okay, that's uh, I've already I've enjoyed it. I'm kind of waiting for the next season to come out, the next episode of this series. So Drive to Survive is the story of the F1 car racing circuit, and they've had a number of years that they've put, they've put into this show. And these are these high-performance cars that go very fast, and it's very dangerous, but it's very competitive, and you, you see how the teams work together and how people don't get along and all those kinds of things. That's not my point. The point is that one of the things that they do for to determine where you are positioned on the track is they do kind of a speed trial like the day before. I think that's how it works. And so the person with the fastest time gets the pole position, which is first. So they're on the front row. The person who's next is in that second position. You know how important it is to get in those two positions. So if you can get into either the pole position the statistics show that if you are in the pole position, there is a 34% chance, 35% chance that you're going to win. If you're in either the pole position or the second position, there's a 68% chance that you're going to win that race. So how you start definitely is how you finish. And I want to use that thought for how we set up our year. Because I believe that if we don't become very intentional in January, your year isn't going to go as well. You're not going to have that sort of speed out of the gate, to use that metaphor. And sometimes our speed is slow, so it's not like, it's not like how fast you go, it's how intentional are you about what that year needs to look like. And I'm going to talk about how do we set up our year so that we can start strong and finish well. And I want to, I want to give it, I want to put it in three, I want to frame it in three ways. You need three things to start strong and to finish strong. You need, number one, you need to reframe the old. You need to recognize the new thing that's happening. And you need to respond with purpose and a plan. Okay, three R's, easy to remember. Okay, let's uh, let's jump into this. And I want to look at a scripture. Greg actually set this up beautifully. He read Isaiah 43, unbeknownst to him. That's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to use that scripture. So let's put it up on the screen here. And I want to read Isaiah 43, 16 to 21. It's a different version than what Greg read it in. But this is uh, these are some great words that Isaiah prophetically gave to the people of Israel at a, at a time in their lives when they were experiencing captivity and they were very having a very difficult time. And oftentimes, when I look around this room and I think about my own life, so many times we're having a difficult time. <laughs> I mean, life is difficult. It's challenging. There's, there's things in our lives that make life difficult to make us feel like we're in a desert. Get into, into that later. But let's just read this together. 
This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. To have a new year, to have a new year, a renewed year, you first of all need to reframe the old. Forget the former things. That's what it says. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Well, what does that mean? It is impossible to forget what's happened to us. So it can't mean that. Just forget all your old stuff, all your old life, just let it go because... It doesn't matter. That is not what this means. It's not about trying to forget the things that have happened. And this is what I really think this means. So it really has helped me to put my head, get my head around this and, and to be a person that does forget wisely. It's reframing the old. So Israel, you know, this is what they, what they did. They, they went, God delivered them out of Egypt. That's the reference here that's, that we're reading about. He delivers them miraculously. Moses, their leader, takes them out. They're in the wilderness. They're, um, but they're starting to have some difficulty. They're, there's no food, right? So they're saying to Moses, Moses, this is awful. And they're sitting around the campfire, and I can just imagine all the complaining that was going on out there in the desert after this miraculous exit out of slavery. Sitting around the campfire, and, and yeah, God's miraculously provided manna, from the sky that they went and picked up every morning and water and all that kind of stuff. But they're sitting around the campfire and they're saying to each other, man, this sucks. Back in Egypt, it was so good. Back in Egypt, whatever they were thinking, whatever they were doing, they, they just were imagining how great the old was, how great slavery was, believe it or not, how great this old life was. And they were being challenged to saying, wait a second, you are, you have actually changed the story about what happened because of your mindset. You, you just can't seem to let that go. And here's what I think is what God wants us to do. And what Isaiah prophetically is saying to do when you're, when you're looking back, thinking it was better than what you're currently facing is that you have created, and this is what we do. We, create a story about the way things were, we could create all kinds of stories. So if we have kind of a negative mindset, then we're going to create this story, which is how wonderful this Egypt was. But that holds us, it held them back from moving forward into the promised land. Because they had created a story that said, well, it was way better back there, this is awful, I don't like my life. Where's God when I need him? And all of that. And that's that's this idea of reframing what happens to us. Many of you know the story back on April 23rd, 2011. 
I almost died. Driving my motorcycle, my wife down the highway, car pulls out, and driving our 750 Honda motorcycle, and the uninsured driver was looking the other way and pulled out in front of us. So here's one story that I could I could tell about this story. So that totally messed up my life. I'm so ticked off at that idiot for what he did to me because he totally wrecked my life. Can you feel that story? <laughs> yeah, that was a bad situation. That's all true. And it continued to get worse. <laughs> surgery after surgery. My life sucks. My life was awful. I couldn't, I was going to start working in the, in the States. It was going to be great. Making more money and, and I was running and I was going to do another marathon a lot faster next time. And, oh, my life was great, but it was just, this happened and I can't believe it. And now my life is over. Good news is that wasn't that's not my story. <laughs> I've reframed it. Took a while. Took a while. <laughs> but over time, I was able to say, yes, that happened to me. I'm so thankful I lived. <laughs> because now doors have opened to encourage people. I remember lying in the hospital like two days well. Four days later, guy just comes in, he got an arm cut off in a train, and he's over there, and I'm encouraging him <laughs> to, don't give up, it's going to be okay. Right? But then I just think about the, the reframing of the story, eventually being able to say, God took that mess and gave me a message. And so many people have been able to encourage, if you feel like you've had this Detour, God can actually be with you in that. And He can give you, and He's given me a message. And a book came out of that. I finally, and on my recliner, 7,000 hours later, I, I thought, well, I better make the best of this. And, and good things came out of that. So, what has happened to you in 2023 or even before that that you are still holding on to and putting a negative story to. You have to reframe that story if you're ever going to move into a new year. So if that's you, just ponder that a bit more. I'm going to help you with a few more ways. Okay, then what do you do then? What do you, where do you go next? Reframe the old. Forget the old, the former things. I was, this week, one more little story, I was, so I'm going through this, uh, this a 21-day challenge, you read this thing and you do stuff and form good habits and all this. And it's good, I'm really enjoying it. One of the activities in the day was, they said, take a piece of paper and write down all your insecurities and burn it. Okay, well, I guess I can do this. Well, I filled up two pages. <laughs> I'm not smart enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not young enough. I mean, I have a whole list of things that I'm not enough and, and so on and so forth. Okay, okay, I know my list. Go outside, take my lighter, get it fired up. And something happened as I watched that burn up. I just felt this 
Now, it wasn't like miraculous to begin with, but it was this little release of, I think I'm reframing the old. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm not gonna get all hung up because I'm not good enough or not smart enough because I am enough. <laughs> you already know these things, but you don't always remember these things. We're forgetters. That's the problem. So we need to learn to forget the right things and remember the, uh, forget the wrong things and remember the right things. So what's the first step in having a new year? It's reframe the old. Secondly is reframe the old. Second one is recognize the new thing. So let's look at this next part of the verse. It's see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? And I don't think you can see if you're still hanging on to the old. So the order of this is very important. You have to release those resentments, those hurts, those hang-ups, the things that you can't seem to get over, you can't sort of accept, perhaps, before you can actually start to see it. But I think as you forget those former things, reframe the old, tell a different story, then your eyes start to open up. Okay, now I think I'm starting to see what God sees and what I need to see for me and my family and my future and so on. There's Israel stuck in the desert. They had been given a future, and God promised them this promised land. And for those people like Joshua and Caleb, for example, who were able to see the future because they weren't hung up on how good it was in Egypt, then they were able to be taken forward into the promised land eventually. And they were, Israel was being encouraged by Isaiah to not just reframe the old, but you need to see the new thing that God wants to do. See, I'm doing a new thing. So I'm not sure for you what it is that you might be starting to imagine is the new thing that God has in mind for you this next year. Now, one, one practice that I've done many years, and I've even talked about it here on, in January, is finding a word, one word that you use to describe kind of a theme for your year. And I've done that for many years now. And it's, it's a form of setting direction and then living towards that. How many of you have done that practice at some time or another? Okay, we have uh, very few of you, but I would encourage you to consider it. <laughs> That's why you're here. You're here hopefully to learn something new, right? Maybe to try something. So here's how, here's how it works. It's a very simple process. And you ask yourself, you just sit down with the journal and you say three questions. What do I need? What's in my way? And what needs to go? So it's a way to kind of drill down deeper into this whole forgetting, you know, reframing the old, but then also starting to see where do I need to go? Like, what do I need to work on? What's kind of not in alignment with my desire, the kind of life I want to live? And that's great. It says many times. What's the best version of myself? Well, my question is, how do you get there once you see it? Well, you need to perceive who you want to be. So last year, my word was undistracted. Because I was going, I was looking at all these different things, distracted. I'm still, I still get distracted, but uh, that was a, was a great word. It kind of helped me stay more focused, and I could come back to that year after year. So this year, I'm going through the process um, okay, by the way, let me go back a sec. So those three questions, you could Google one word and you'll find it online. 
If you put my name beside it, I've written blogs on this and you can find it. But one word will get you there. The other thing you do is once you've kind of reflected on what do I need, what's in my way, what needs to go, then you just listen and ask God to give you, to answer this question, Father, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do in me and through me this year? So you're, you're, you're inviting God into your year and allowing him to kind of excite your imagination about what's possible. Who do I need to be? How do I need to show up in the world? So I did this process before, right after Christmas. So my word this year is magical. It's an odd word, I thought. I thought what it, what came to mind was I felt like I wanted to anticipate being surprised by God. That I wanted to be open to the miraculous, to what God wanted to do. Good word. It's been a good word. And Ephesians 3.20, my God is able to do immeasurably more than all you could ask or think or imagine. It's always great to put a verse with that word and to connect it to that. So there's a there's an opportunity for you or a challenge for you to look at your year when you think about being intentional and and kind of aligning it with what is the who is the person you want to become. Find your word and move forward into that. So number one way to start well and to have a new year, what is it? Reframe the old. Number two. Okay, think hard. Think hard. Recognize. Recognize, I can't even remember what it is. What is it? <laughs> Recognize the new thing. That's it. That's it. Third thing is respond with purpose and plan. And I think the reason why resolutions fail, I mean, the statistics are crazy. Like, most people by the middle of February, what, 80% of people who make resolutions are already broken them by then? You know what I think the problem is? A resolution um, doesn't have a plan, usually. It's this airy fairy intention, I'm going to lose 50 pounds, whatever it is. But there's no plan and there's no structure to that, no accountability. Nobody's going to help you. You just think it's a, you're smart because you have a resolution. So I'm not a big resolution guy. So when Greg asked the question, I don't have resolutions, but I do have goals. So what's the difference between a goal and a resolution? To me, if a goal properly done has a plan, and, and accountability and some kind of structure to actually get that done. So that's what I do. I set goals, but I don't reach them all, but I have a plan and I have habit goals and I have achievement goals because you need habits to actually get things done. So let's say you want to get in shape. You want to get faster as a mountain bike racer. Let's just imagine. <laughs> and you want to get, you want to be wiser. You want to learn a skill or you want to learn French or Whatever it is you want to learn. Well, you need to figure out what are you going to have, what's the habit that you're going to have to form to get smarter, faster, better, more loving, whatever it is, right? What's the daily habit? And, and that's how you need to break that down. Let's, and the verse for respond with purpose and a plan is the next one. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I believe that God had a plan for Israel 
When he said to them, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, seeing I'm doing new things, he didn't just leave them to wonder how they were going to get there. He gave them the law, he gave them the prophets, he gave them leadership, people and structures and ideas that were going to help them actually live this out and make it through the wilderness, make it through the desert without giving up and, and running out of water and running out of hope. He gave them the Passover, for example. That was The Passover was initially done when they were in Egypt, and God said, get a lamb, put the blood over the door, and the angel of death is going to come over, and the, the doors with the blood are going to be saved, and, and the Egyptians who didn't have the blood, their firstborn died. And they were to remember that, the, the miraculous power of God, every year at the Passover. We, have, we take communion as a community, as a church family. So having those rituals... Those habits, those practices help them to be able to respond. And I think in our own lives, it's finding ways that we can form these habits. Living on purpose. Having a reason why we get up in the morning is a part of it. Having a why to live for. And with your why, having some specific ways that you are living that out. 76% of people who wrote down their goals... Okay, so I'm a big believer in written goals, and the statistics back it up. 76% of people wrote down their goals, had actions, action steps, and had provided some kind of weekly progress to a friend, so they had some accountability, they actually achieved their goals. And 43% of the people who didn't write them down were successful, so it's quite a drop in effectiveness from written goals with accountability, with action steps that go with that. And if you think that sounds like, that's not me, I'm not going to do it, well, just work with me on this. And maybe you can find a creative way. Another way to say goal is solve a problem. What's the problem you want to solve? Write down the problem, and then write down what you're going to do to solve it, and then find a friend that's going to help you. <laughs> so use whatever word you want to use, but intentionality, getting to that front row you only get there by this intentionality of this is what I'm trying to achieve. This is what I believe God wants to do in my life and through me. There's uh, five goal categories, and I'm just going to throw them out here. You can, If you're going to do this, there's lots of help for you to do this. But five categories, things like you want, to, you want spiritual goals. And, you know, how do you want to grow spiritually? And, and there's lots of support for that. The U version we've talked about. There's Lectio 365. That is an app that you can use. There's all kinds of ways that you can... Find these habits to grow yourself spiritually and uh, clarity. Family and relationships. Where do you want to see growth in your family or in your relationships with your kids or family, other family members? Business, career, or school. That all is kind of a category. What is it that God is up to? Where do I want to see myself in a year? Financial goals. Do I need to have a budget? Am I flying by the seat of my pants? Or do I need to kind of set a goal to be more a better steward of what God's given to me. And then there's personal goals, emotional, fitness goals, health goals, and so on. All right, I know that sort of put you to sleep, that last bit there. So let's uh, let's wake back up here and just think about what is it? Who do you want to be by the time you get to the end of this next of this year, December? What do you want your life to look like? Who do you want to have been on that journey this coming year? It starts by what? What's that first one? Reframing the old. Do you have any stories that are stuck 
in a loop in your head that are totally messing with you. Negative stories, stories that uh, you, you would say, yeah, that really happened, that bad thing really happened, and that's true, but it's the story that you can change. It's the way that you frame that story and, and asking God to help you to reframe it. And is there any bitterness, any resentments, any, any things that have happened to you, broken areas of your life that you need to be able to say, Lord, give me a new story. Help me to reframe that because I'm totally stuck. I can't move. So reframe the old. Secondly, recognize the new thing. After you've reframed, what is it that God wants to do in your life? What's the new thing that you can start to imagine? And I would encourage you just to take some time and to sit and have some solitude, go by a creek, go out and uh, look at the sunset or the sunrise maybe you're not we can be up that early because sunrise is like eight <laughs> but what is it what's the new thing and just look around you in your relationships and in your own personal life what what do you want to learn where do you want to grow what what you would you like to change in your life that would make you the better version of yourself and what will be so it's responding what's that third one Respond with purpose and plan. What's the plan? How are you going to do that? Are you will you consider finding a word that could be like a theme? If you want to try setting some goals, if you haven't done that for a while, and, and uh, find someone that will help you on that journey. And I think we need to do this together. One of the one of the things that I do is I am quite I'm involved with hospice in Abbotsford, and I have a group that I lead, an eight week grief group. And when I think about just the opportunity I have to work with those that have experienced loss, it is such a devastating, those of you that have been through loss, lost loved ones and so on, you know that how it just wrecks your life. Like it's just so devastating. And I, you know, I have another group starting in a couple of weeks and every time the, the group of people come in there and they're just broken, they're just, you know, they, they can hardly cope. And they come into this room and, and because they hope that there's a pathway through their wilderness, they're just hoping that they can find some life and find some companionship. And, and it's always so amazing to see what happens in their lives as they find community and they start to reframe some of the ways that they've been thinking even about their grief. Instead of saying, I think I'm crazy. They start saying, I am not alone. And they say things like, wow, I think I can laugh again. <laughs> so the story, I mean, the events of their lives have not changed. But I see the brightness in their eyes start to perk up when they are able to reframe that old and, and start to be in this community and get some new ideas and get some new intention about where they want to go in their life. And I give them homework and they go home and watch videos and read stuff and they get these they change their thinking. Because we have to change our thinking to change our living. So some of this is this intentionality about I need to change the way I think so that I can change the way that I live. And it's a beautiful thing to see the lives of these men and women in these groups just go from wrecked mess to they start to find meaning in their life. And they find, they discover some purpose and a plan for moving forward through the wilderness. And 
And I don't know where you're at. We're all at different places today. At the very bottom line, I want to be able to encourage you today. That there is hope for all of us, regardless of what we're going through. You may be, your life may be just great right now. But it may not be. And one thing I've learned is, your life may be great today, but something's going to happen. <laughs> I don't say that sort of, um, that's not, oh no, live with fear. It's more like, that's life. Something's going to happen. The better prepared I am for the next wreck, the better off I'm going to be. So that's why we live this way, with intentionality, in community. And I am so grateful for this community. When I look at my losses and my ups and my downs, this has been my family. I've I've been able to share. This is what I want to do this year. Can you help me? And ask me how it's going. And, and we need that. We need each other. And I think it's a, what we're doing next week is really more about being together, where you can actually share. This is what I want to do this year. Can you maybe pray for me? Or can I tell you how it's going? And so it's just great that we have that, that we have this place, that we have each other. And that's my encouragement to you. And one other thing I want to do to encourage you, and some of you have, um, I created a couple of things while I was on my recliner. So I have, I really would, I really encourage journaling. So if you don't have a journal, and I know some of you have seen this journal before, created a journal, and I've given these out. So this is all, I'm giving all this stuff out today, if you want it. Those of you that haven't seen it before. So if you want to commit to journaling, come up and get one of these. Now I don't have a ton. But I do have more in my garage, so <laughs> if I run out, I'll get you some for next week. And then if you haven't read my book, Detour, and you need some encouragement, it's just short chapters, different themes on the road ends, you go on this detour, it's awful, you get back on the road again, and you have to figure stuff out. But if you want some reading that I think will inspire and, and help you, I'm giving these away as well, okay? And if I run out, I'll bring more back next week because this is my gift. And I, I just feel like that's my encouragement because I want us all to get on that front row. And I want us to finish well this year and to finish well life, of course. But I, I hope that there's been some encouragement for you today. That you've been able to realize, yeah, I think I can do this year. I think it's going to be hard, but I think I have some ideas now and I'm just going to continue on in the direction that I feel God wants me to go. So let me pray for you, and then, I don't know if we have a song or not, but we do. Okay, good. Father, thank you so much that you are with us. You, you take us through the wilderness. You take us through the desert. You And you say to us, forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. And you encourage us to see, to look for the new thing that you're wanting to do in our lives. So I just pray a word of encouragement for all the people sitting here. Lord, for those that are, are feeling they've lost some hope, maybe they've lost their way, that they will just say, God, help me. And just connect to you in a fresh way today. And that maybe they'll reach out to a friend or somebody in their life and say, can you just sit down with me? And can we talk about this? And and let's just see if we can figure out a plan for 2024 that's a little more encouraging than what I have right now. So I just pray that you will show us the way, that you will encourage us today, that we will take these words to heart. These are promises that we can go to the bank with, that you promise to be with us.
to lead us, to show us the way. And you put us in community because we need each other. We cannot do this alone. So I thank you for this community. I thank you for each person that's here. May we walk out 2024 one baby step at a time, knowing that you're with us, knowing that you're working within us and want to work through us. In Jesus' name, amen.